And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello, yeah, this is your podcast, it's the We Are Mead one, we're getting straight into it, Davey Rispin, Colin O'Rourke, Stephen Bray, Barry Callaghan, uh, how is your father, um, there you go, good luck, good night, and uh, good evening. That's absolutely brilliant, Mickey, isn't it? It's uh, It's been worth the wait, I think, um, and there's probably a little bit more to come, I think, as well. Um, I wouldn't say that's the absolute finalised management team, and there could be potentially a, a couple of more kind of big name appointments to follow but I mean as things go it's it's brilliant I think you know Colin probably tricked an awful lot of people a few weeks ago when he was up to his old tricks and basically you know as much as ruled himself out of the running but uh, obviously there was conversations going on behind the scenes and um, as we know from the interview you did with him you know during lockdown a couple of years ago he you know this is his third or fourth time going for the job and uh, thankfully it was the last real opportunity you felt for him to maybe go and get it. Now he has, and and I think it's just potentially what me need at this juncture, Mickey. Like we we needed that big name appointment, the band from within the county who's going to command the respect of the players, going to galvanise everything, bring everybody together, including the supporters. Um, and I think it's an excellent appointment. Honestly, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I didn't want to. I just wanted to get straight into it because I'm excited. Um, I'm delighted. I'm proud. And, um, you know, I just think, I didn't think this would happen. I didn't think it would be Colin O'Rourke. But when the uh, position became available, um, I did say that I think that the ideal candidate for it for now is probably Colin O'Rourke. Because we do know that they do have processes and stuff in place that in a few years' time, the hope is that maybe the management team of the under-20s and the minor teams of previous years will be getting involved and whatever. So there's going to be a void in between uh, that happening and Andy McEntee vacating the position. So, you know, to get somebody to come in in the interim, it had to be the right appointment. And I don't think that we could have got anybody better for that position than Colm O'Rourke. We don't know how long it's going to be for. Like, he'll be ratified hopefully tomorrow night, Tuesday night, um, in Park Talchon at the... Uh, at, at the committee meeting and um, like a two or three year uh, um, stint would be ideal I think and if if all is going well and whatever and Colin wants to stay on great but if, if he can do what he does for uh, the next two or three years with Mead and, and just take it up a, a level I think that that would be great progress for me. Absolutely I, I think realistically it'll be at least a two year uh, term 
but I would imagine maybe even three or two with the with the view to a third year, you know, after a review or whatever it is. Um, but but yeah, I agree. Like I think, you know, I think Carlo Brick um was nominated, was interviewed as well. But I agree with you in the sense that uh, like Mead haven't contested um Leinster final at under 20 or under 21 level for I think 21 years. So it's crucial that we get that right. And I think with Cahill and on and or John McCarthy involved in that, that that might happen, which would bode well, as you say, for the senior job for, for when it comes up again, whether that's next year, the year after, or in five years' time, so be it. Like um, so th- that's all still, you know, gonna happen, and that's still the plan and the long-term vision. Um, and I think Colin will be very much in touch with that because of I suppose his involvement in MGA, but also his his tutoring of the young players who have come up through the Sapats Academy, if you will, through the year. So he'll he'll be more than um happy to kind of get in on that process. And I think it's a win-win and and it suits every party, to be brutally honest. Yeah, and um, I, I really do. I think I, I just think it's the it's it, it, it's it's like a glove fitting a hand, you know, it's just that perfect so it is uh, at the moment it's like cinderella's um slipper you know it's just the right fit at the moment and i'm really really excited about it you know and you mentioned it already that there's going to be more added to that management team there's no doubt about that i know how colin o'rourke works he's brought in stephen bray and barry callahan so far there is no doubt about it he will have an unbelievable backroom team involved with that main team um in in 2016 and 17 when Simonstown won the, the two senior championships. The backroom team, the management team, was was about 18. Um and, and I think it could have been 20 if you included the two physios. And all of them volunteers by the physios, obviously. Um, and every man had a role. And Col- that's one thing that Colin is very good at. Um, he will put an unbelievable team together and he will manage it. And that's what a manager does. And I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what players he brings in. Now, I from what I believe as well, he did text the Simonstown players to say that he was taking the job. So I don't know if that means now that he's vacating the position in Simonstown uh, and letting Seamus Kenny or someone like that take over from his management team um, for the for the next few months. Um, but it'll be interesting to see who he does bring in if he, and what players he will be interested in bringing into the panel for the start of the season um, and doing the preseason as well, I suppose. Yeah, look, I think Colm has an excellent knowledge of club football and me yeah. from, from top to bottom. So I actually, whether he continues with Simonson or not, that's his prerogative and that's his decision that, that he has to make. But I would say it's probably doable for him maybe it wouldn't be as doable for a fella coming in from a different county who's managing with you know a club this year but um that remains to be seen barry callan's in the same boat you know he's doing an excellent job with dunbury i'd imagine maybe you know uh barry will probably see out this year and then make a call on it at the end of the year you know but the beauty about barry being an intermediate is barry's going to be studying the intermediate championship thoroughly throughout anyway you know being dunbury manager um so so it kind of works both ways you also have the the regional championship mickey which i think is going to play a big part towards the end of this year it's the first one we're going to have and you're going to have junior and intermediate players you know putting themselves forward and essentially okay it's a new competition but they're putting themselves in the shop window like 
Colin O'Rourke will be at every single one of those games along with his management team and they'll be trying to you know cast an eye over who performs in that sort of environment um and the cream of the crop from junior and intermediate if you will so um I think I think they'll they'll cast a net far and wide they'll have ideas on what they'd like themselves um and and yeah they, they have an excellent knowledge and and obviously Stephen Bray involved as well as you say like he'll command great respect from you know what he's achieved our last all-star in 2007 the coach and I'm interested to see who comes in. Yeah. I, I've heard, you know, a couple of rumours. Um, two Kerry individuals have been mentioned. Uh, Donny Buckley, who I think was involved in uh, Monaghan this year with Seamus McEnany and obviously Eamon Fitzmaurice, who I suppose incidentally or coincidentally uh, was on the Sunday game panel with Colin O'Rourke only last night for the All-Ireland final. <laughs> He's strongly touted to be, to be involved. Now, there's probably a little bit to be sorted there in terms of that, if that's to be a runner. Also, Paul Garrigan, um, who, who has expressed yeah. and, and told the Mead ladies that he, you know, this will be his final year. So obviously he has a plan for whatever is to come next year. He could well be on the management ticket as a coach and he is really well respected as to you know what he's what he's achieved with the mead lady. So um that'll that'll only intensify. We might have a little bit more information, you know, after tomorrow night's meeting, hopefully. Um, but I'm sure Colum is is absolutely um well in touch with what he wants and who he wants. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been speaking to him yet. Um, I'll call him in the next few days just to wish him the best of luck because I really am so delighted for him. And um, you know, he, he, I, I just think, as I said already, it's the perfect fit, and it really excites me. Um, and you know, looking at social media today, Davy, um, you know, you could see the excitement all across the all the social media platforms, and um. You know, I've, I was saying it to the lads off the We Are Calvin podcast that, you know, that I, 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 I had said it a few weeks ago, I'd love to see him getting it, but I don't think he will and whatever. And I thought that he was the perfect fit. And then he, he all of a sudden he's, he's, he's named today as uh, the team, the, the man is going to be uh, put forward tomorrow night at the meeting to be ratified. And uh, I just said to the lads, um, yeah, I, I thought that he was the perfect fit. Now he just has to go out and prove me right. So <laughs> I'm hoping he goes out and proves me right, David. <laughs> yeah, and, and this this is a tough job. Like, regardless of if you're Colin Morocco or if you're Davey Rispin or Mickey Brennan, like, this is a really difficult job. Meath um, are, are at a probably a difficult stage. And that's true, no fault of like what's gone on in recent yeah. years like Andy McAtee put in six years of colossal work you know heart and soul into the job but but just sadly where we're at at the moment we are at a little bit of a low ebb now I suppose in one sense that's a great platform to, to try and build from but but it is a tough job to get us back challenging for for Leinster championships and division one football but that's ultimately what Colum's vision will be for me because as you know he's an extremely ambitious individual Um. So yeah, it should be fascinating. There's going to be a big, I suppose, presence and following for the Mead team. You know, I was listening to, to RT2FM's game on this evening on the way home and it was the first thing on at six o'clock and, you know, Colin Keyes was on and there was great interest and, you know, from not just Mead, but from around the country because of kind of the profile that Colin O'Rourke is and, and brings. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be absolutely fascinating. And I think the Mead supporters have been crying out for an appointment like this. And I think they'll really buy into it and get behind Column and get behind the players more importantly, to be honest, because maybe in the last, you know, 12 to 18 months, that that sort of love or that grow between, 
you know, the supporters and, and, and the main team maybe hasn't been there as much. And that's crucial because we rely so heavily on it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, look, uh, it's exciting. And we are going to obviously follow this um, intently over the next few days and, and see what other news comes out uh, of the Mead camp. Um, with regards management team and the whole lot so hope it all goes well tomorrow night at the at the committee meeting um, and he gets ratified and Stephen Bray, Barry Callan and whoever else is on that ticket we wish them the very best of luck but we are definitely going to be stay tuned over the next few days watch all of our social media because there's going to be lots of things to uh, to talk about over the next few days and uh, Davy, we'll move on to other matters and uh, I suppose we'll start with the Mead Camogues um, on Sunday, they were in Nolan Park. They were playing Galway in the All-Ireland Intermediate semi-final and thought it was going to be third time lucky, Davy, but the semi-final woes just continue. Galway 3-9, Mead 2-8, half-time score was 1-6 to 1-2 in favour of Galway. And this is one of those games that got away, uh, definitely got away because Mead created enough chances to win this game, Davy, and, and kept Galway in the game for too long. Yeah, they did. I, I suppose it's chalk and cheese in the Mead team that I suppose even would have played Galway at the back end of last year. You know, I think Galway did a real job on them. Galway going into this game hadn't conceded a goal in championship football. They've been putting up massive scores, but Mead, to their credit, gave them an awesome test. Um, looked dead and buried, as you say, at halftime. Galway coming out, playing with a gale force breeze in the second half. You'd imagine they'd have kicked on. But it was Mead who never really relinquish that sort of stranglehold on them and, and really push them to the pin of their collar. Ultimately, they just couldn't bridge that three or four point gap, which always seemed to remain intact. Um, but but a very brave effort. And ultimately, this was a kind of bonus game against the favourites and uh, they, they did themselves proud. They, they threw on Christina Troy, who's who's been um, obviously struggling throughout the campaign with injury. And, and she did extremely well in the second half, getting two points. Um, you know, Jane Dolan, as... Galway did last year. I think they identified her as a threat and kept her scorers from play. I think they did the same in, in last year's meeting too, which was obviously key considering Jane's exploits in recent games. Um, so from that perspective, it was a little bit disappointing. But overall, I don't think you could find too many negatives in it. I think Mead pushed Galway really close. They've improved markably to, to what we've seen from the start of the campaign to now. But as you say, ultimately, it's the same old story and, and just kind of heartache towards the latter stages and semi-finals unfortunately have been Meads undoing over the last number of years but hopefully they can take play from it into now. Yeah, Brendan, Brendan Skeen, um after the game he was so um, uh, proud of his girls um, because they put in a massive effort. They did leave it behind. They missed too much in the first half against uh, or with the wind and then the second half when they were against the win, they really impressed. And I think at one stage they got a back level and um and and, and it was Galway who kicked on in the in the final uh, stages of the game to win that game by four points, two eight to three nine. And as you said, the just the hoodoo of the semi-final just hanging over me now at the moment. But they definitely know that they are improving and that they can compete with anybody at that level. But it's back to the drawing board for next year. So uh, hard luck to the girls. Uh, a brilliant campaign in the end after what was a slow start in that intermediate championship. And they came back all guns blazing and were unlucky not to make it through to the final to face off against Cork, 
who won the other uh, Cork second team, who won the other semi-final. We talked about this, Davy, last week. We'll have to check this out. Um, so Cork and Galway are through to the final. Um, both of them are second teams. So what will happen with the position for senior championship next year? Um, does it just does nobody go up, or what? What will happen there? Um, or can they bring the second team? I don't think they can. No, they probably can't. I would imagine that would result in maybe no relegation from the senior, possibly, um, as opposed to someone like Mead going up by default. And I, I think if you asked Brendan and the girls, I think they'd rather go up as intermediate champions yeah, instead yeah. of just going up by, you know, being Pretty best third place or yeah, whatever it is, or best first team in the intermediate, because the whole thing is about winning. And that's still going to be their goal going into next year. And they, they are getting closer. But sadly, they're they're just falling nearly at the final hurdle every time. But a bit of a strange one, Mickey. You don't you don't see a situation like this too often, whereby two second teams with their first teams playing their trade in the top, top grade are contesting the final. Um, but uh, yeah, it's an unusual one. Yeah, it really is. So look, um, hard luck to Brendan and the girls, and as you said, best of luck to them as they move on. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna auto mower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control auto mower from your phone. Auto mower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised auto mower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coin and Sons. If you need any more information on the auto mower, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Mead. David, quickly, we're going to go on to the Mead ladies. They're going to play Kerry in the Ireland final um, next Sunday at 4pm in Croke Park. We will be doing a full Loyal Royals um, preview of this game um, over on our Patreon forward slash We Are Mead service, uh, where we have interviews um, uh, with the Mead camp. They had a media night on Friday in Park Colchon. But, um, David, I suppose... Kerry on a bit of a high at the moment. Of course, we didn't talk about that. Uh, Kerry beating uh, Galway in the All-Ireland final um, in the men's. And, of course, their women will be looking to do the double next Sunday in Crow Park. But they're coming up against the All-Ireland champions in Mead. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge game. Um, real fresh feel to the final, too, you know, in terms of the pairing. I know the, it was billed as sort of the typical Mead versus Dublin battle or even Cork to maybe come out and try and get their own back at Mead. But it's opened up just brilliantly from a Mead standpoint. And, uh, you know, Mead obviously just about doing enough to get over Donegal the last day and, and set up this final meeting with a Kerry side who are goal hungry. They're, they're a team very much on the rise, a bit like Mead, you know, a couple of years back in the sense that, you know, they've, they've had great success in the leagues. They've taken that on into championship and um, obviously only coming up as, as intermediate champions very recently. So th- this is going to be a major, major test for him and Murray's side. Um, but do you know what I love this year about me? Maybe in, in contrast to last year, like last year they, they were playing this swashbuckling football. They were taking everybody by surprise. What's nearly more impressive this year is that teams have, to a large extent, sussed them out, Mickey. 
but me they're finding ways you know they're they're as champions do they're just finding ways of getting over the line winning games by a point or two here and there and and I think that makes it all the more satisfying from a mead standpoint but make no mistake this will be arguably if probably their biggest test to date and uh should be a great occasion you know Crow Park let's hope there's a big crowd and and fingers crossed the weather's nice you're going to have a sea of green and yellow in the in the stands it'll be it'll be brilliant yeah yeah absolutely and, and and it's funny you mentioned that Davey that's something that I spoke to all of the girls and even Murray about was that um you know how teams not only have they just sussed them out but they're trying to do exactly what Mead do but Mead are just better at it you know and and Mead have added a few new things to tactics to the way they play as well and um you know it really is worth listening to the to the interviews because I've I've never met a camera bunch of girls um really well drilled drilled um just so aware of everything and where they are where they are at as a team um and uh yeah really really well well worth listening to the interviews on that one so head on over to our loyal royals patreon service um patreon forward slash we are mead and you'll find all of our patreon uh, loyal royals podcasts and that will be out later in the week um so best of luck david murray and the girls in the All-Ireland final on Sunday and we'll be up there cheering them on. Davey, I suppose, um, looking at the club scene in Mead, again, another thing, uh, we'll, we'll go through all of the um, fixtures for the Hurling Championship that are taking place this weekend. Of course, we, on our Loyal Royals as well, just to let everybody know, we have a Junior A, we have a Junior B and an Intermediate uh, uh, podcast all good out this week, all reviews from the games played last weekend, 11 games played between Junior A, Junior B and Intermediate. And we've uh, some interviews as well from some of the games there. And of course, we will be having uh, later in the week, we'll be announcing the We Are Mead Blackwater in Team of the Week, Player of the Week and the Top Scorer of the Week. And we'll be doing that uh, towards the end of the week after we get uh, going through every single game that was played. Um, across uh, all, all of the championships and uh, from last weekend and we'll um, be picking that team picking the top uh, the player of the week and picking obviously the top scorer of the week um, but Davey to move on to the Club Hurling you have all the fixtures there um, for the Club Hurling championship this weekend yeah huge weekend Mickey coming up uh, third round action coming your way from the Ted Martha Clothing and Footwear Senior Hurling Championship starting on Friday night in Group A uh, there's a meeting in Longwood between Kildalki and Nafina, an absolute crunch game for Kildalki now. You know, the reigning and defending champions, not from two, playing in Nafina side who um, have got two draws to their name. That's a huge, huge game, and you'd expect fireworks on that one. Then on to Saturday, also in Group A, it's Trim versus St. Peter's and Boyne. That game throws in at half six in Kilmessen. And then one game on Sunday in Group A in Trim, it's between Kiltail and Ratoth at 11 o'clock in the morning, earlier start because of the meet senior ladies, so all the times have been changed for the Sunday games. Then on to Group B, starting on Saturday in Ratmaline, it's Boards Mill versus Blackhall Gales, that throws in at half six. There's a couple of games then on Sunday in Group B, starting first in Father Plunkett Memorial Park, it's Kilmest and Clannagale at 11. Also at 11 in Boards Mill, it's Kline against Longwood. Then on to the Hanley Clean Meals Intermediate Hurling Championship Group A. Saturday from Dundry, it's Kildalki versus Wolf Tones at half six. A couple of games on Sunday. First off in Batterstown, it's Ratmaline versus Trumree at 11. Also at 11 then in Gibstown, it's Navinomatneys versus Dundry. Uh, into Group B then, Friday night, one game in Atboy. That takes place between Trim and Gail Column Kill. It throws in at half seven. Uh, 
one game on Saturday also in Dunshockland, Retoat versus Dunham Ashburn, half six. And finally, on Sunday in Father Plunkett Memorial Park as well, it's Kilskir Moila versus Kilmessen at 11 o'clock. A few games in the Junior Championship starting first in the Junior A, Group A. It's uh, There's a game on Thursday night in Dunboyne. It's the host St. Peter's Dunboyne versus Killine at half seven. Then on Friday from Paddy O'Brien Park, it's Navno Matneys versus Drumree at half seven also. Uh, moving on to the Junior 2 Hurling Championship Group A, Friday night, St. Peter's Dunboyne hosting Clannagale at half past seven. And one game in Sunday then in Group A, it is Boards Mill versus Dundry at 11 o'clock in Boards Mill. And finally in Group B, Friday night in Moila, it's Kilsgear Moila versus Drumree at half seven. Also at half seven from Retoat, it's Retoat hosting Ratmaline, Mickey. Very good, Davey. A whole host of hurling matches going on in the weekend. Again, the hurling, bird need, the hurling board need to be commended um, on what they did for Sunday morning. Um, bringing all the games back to 11 o'clock so that anybody who wants to get to Crow Park to watch the ladies in the All-Ireland final can do so. So um, absolutely brilliant from them and great foresight. And, uh, you know, I haven't heard one player complaining that the games are on early. In fact, I've only heard players saying, that's brilliant, I can get to the game now at Crowcar. Yeah, absolutely. CCC uh, doing an excellent job in, in shifting those games around, um, understandably. So it would have been a travesty had, I suppose, players and, and family members of some of the Mead ladies not been able to get to the All-Ireland final because of the fact that they would have had Club Hurling Championship. So um, great to see them games switched around and everybody's going to get the chance to, to travel up and support the ladies then. Yeah, absolutely. Well done to all involved in CCC and the Hurling Board. Um, David. We'll move on. A um, little bit of history was created um, in screen. Well, not in screen, but uh, by screen uh, last weekend when they won the All-Ireland Sevens competition, the Kilmacud Croaks um, All-Ireland Sevens competition. Um, absolutely fantastic uh, displays by them. They played uh, the results from their games. Screen 7-5, Ballantyre St. John's 3-7. Screen 412, Steelstone Brian Oaks 1 6. Screen 410, Kilmercud Croaks 3 5. Absolutely incredible stuff. That was in the in the group stages, I think it was. Then in the quarter final, they were up against Aaron Gales from Fermanagh. And uh, the scorers on in, in that one, uh, I think it was Screen won that one. It doesn't say the score on that one. Owen Smith got 1 1. Stephen O'Brien got a point. Connor O'Brien 3. Shane Smith got 3. Dara Campion 1 2. He had an outstanding campaign and um, scoring uh, for fun. Paddy Fox got 2 2. John Finnerty got a goal and Harry Rooney got a point. In the semi final, they were facing off against Blessington and uh, came out victorious in this one. Um, Full time score screen 6 8, Blessington 7 4. So um, just did enough in that one. Um, Owen Smith again 1 1. Stephen O'Brien 1 2. Dara Campion 2 3. Uh, Shane Smith a point, John Finnerty a goal and Paddy Fox 1-1 one, one. and then in the final they played against the Galway champions Mint Bellew Mola uh, or Moylock uh, in the final I've definitely absolutely uh, bastardised that name so I have it was Mint Bellew anyway I will say and uh, the final score in that one was 2-6 to screen 10 points to uh, Mount Bellew. Shane Smith with 1-2, Kieran Lennon with 1-1, one, one, and Campion with three points. But made history uh, being the first Mead club to win the Kilmacud Croaks All-Ireland Sevens competition in, in its 50-year history. Um, 
that has to give this screen team great boost of confidence getting ready for championship which throws in uh, on Friday the 5th of August it's only a, a matter of uh, days away now at this stage nearly uh, two weeks away um, but what an achievement for screen like it's it's absolutely incredible yeah I, I've actually seen I think De Boyne normally playing this as well but as you mentioned just a couple of weeks out from championship instead of getting I, I suppose a, a routine challenge match against somebody I just think this this was an excellent competition to go into. Obviously, have the bit of crack, but but you know, get your get your methods across. Play kind of short and could more condensed games, seven aside, maybe the nine or ten best players at your disposal as well. Because when you look down through it, like you had, you had Owen Smith, who's just back. He's he's currently involved in a lot of athletics, and he would be well suited to that. Campo was. Campo's a freestyle footballer, so I just think he's nearly made for sevens football. Yeah. You know? Um, but you also had a bit of experience there in the former, you know, Kieran Lenehan, who I actually met um going into Crow Park on Sunday, Mickey, and he stopped me and uh, he said, uh, I hope you're gonna talk about the screen sevens on uh, on the podcast. <laughs> I actually hadn't a clue about it up until then. I hadn't heard anything, um, but but then obviously did the research. But just some of the teams they beat, you know, en route to it, obviously, you know, you had uh you had the, the host Kilmacud Croaks, you had the All-Ireland Champions at intermediate level, Steelstown, who hammered trim in the final, you know, two two outstanding clubs in that respect as well. And um, I just think that's a, that's a brilliant win and they'll take so much confidence from it. And uh, just, they are one to watch. We knew that anyway in the senior championship, but I think on the back of that, it just shows, I suppose, some of the individual players that they have at their disposal and they're top-notch. Yeah, 100%. And... Like so, each squad you mentioned already they had ten players on your squad, and the games were twenty minutes long, ten minutes per half. And um, Screens Victoria squad on the evening was uh, Stephen O'Brien, Dara Campion was the captain, Paddy Fox, Connor O'Brien, Harry Rooney, Kieran Lennon, Owen Smith, John Finnerty, Shane Smith, and John O'Regan. And so, and they were in Group Five. So, as you mentioned, Ballantyre, St John's, Steelstone, Brian Oaks and Kilmacud Croaks, what a group to come out of and win all three games in it as well. Erin Gales uh, from Fermanagh in the semi-final, uh, or in the quarter-final, um, Blessington in the semi-final, and then finally, as we said, the champion, uh, the Galway champions mid value. Um, uh, look, I just think it's a, an absolutely brilliant achievement. First time it's coming back to Mead as well. Great to see it. Um, you know, like, and... It, it, this this competition is held in high regard all the way around the, con- the country. It is absolutely, and I think you only have to look at some of the clubs in it, like Kilmacud. You have the All Ireland champions from last year in uh, Mount Bellew from Galway, uh, and Steelstone, who we previously mentioned too. Like so, yeah, I mean, and for I know it's it's, it's probably a bad indictment to Mead club football the fact that this is the first time Mead have won it, but I think it bodes well for the future, and I think more clubs will want to get involved in it now. From a Mead standpoint, on the back of what Screen have achieved in going and winning it, and I'm sure they'll be back next year to try and defend their title. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just, I actually, I was right. It was Mount Bellew Mylock because uh, there was a misspell. It was misspelled in the in the article I was reading. But the teams that were in it: Mount Bellew Mylock uh, from Galway, Sedans from Dublin, Kilmacud Croaks from Dublin, Ern Gales from Fermanagh, Clonduff from Down, Salthill Knockna Cara from Galway, St. Sylvester's from Dublin, Ballymun Kickham's from Dublin, uh, Brinesford from Down, Ballyboden St. Endes as well, like one of the biggest picks in the whole country, Ballyboden, St. Pat's from Wicklow, Dungannon Clark's from uh, Tyrone, St. Gaul's from Antrim, like look at the history in that club, uh, Ogna Mullen and Sarsfields from Monaghan, 
Nave uh, Columba from from uh, Columba from Donegal and or uh, uh, high flying team from up in the northwest Temple Oak Singe uh, Sing Street. I don't know uh, them or Sing Street. Yeah, um, that's that was Michael Michael Dar McCauley's club. I think. Oh, is that Michael Dar's? Okay. Is it yeah. Temple Oak Sing Street? Okay, Ballantyre St John's obviously screen Steelstone and Brian Oaks from Derry. We've already mentioned them. Carrie Duff from Antrim. Fingal Ravens, Blessington and O'Toole's from Dublin. So, like, it was a star-studded uh, uh, group of, of teams, and it's absolutely brilliant. I am over the moon for screen. I think that's incredible. And what an achievement. And I'd say that Swans' screen was hopping on uh, Saturday night or Sunday evening, whenever they got home uh, with the trophy. But uh, And I'd say Campo enjoyed lifting it as well. Absolutely, yeah. Just back from a holiday, isn't he? Recently as well, Campos. So he's had a really good time of it. But that'll be it now. That you know, good chance to let the hair down, but it'll be heads down and ready for first round of the championship, which is looming around the corner. Yeah, absolutely. As we said, fifth of August, Friday the fifth of August, we'll see the senior championship thrown in. Of course, we have the junior A, junior B, and intermediate already uh, uh, underway. But the senior championship, the race of the Keaton Cup, will start in earnest on the fifth of August. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna auto mower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control auto mower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised automower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coin and Sons. If you need any more information on the Automower, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Mead. Davey, it's time to move on now to our lottos. Have the clubs been in contact with you? They have, yeah, absolutely. First up is uh, Dunshockland and Royal Gales. The results from tonight, uh, 25th of July, and uh, the numbers drawn were 5, 10, 11, and 14. Five match three winners collecting 40 or each were Noel McGivney, Caroline Donnelly, Shane Clare, Yolanda Kelly, and Trudy Nolan. The next draw takes place next Tuesday after the bank holiday, 2nd of August at half eight live on Facebook. Uh, a jackpot will be 1,600, 200 euro to be added to it each week. You can play that one on Club Force. Gil Cullum Killer next in. And uh, their results from last time around 12,000 jackpot, not one again, 1, 8, 23, and 28. The numbers there. Uh, they had. Uh, three match three winners who split 150 euro between them, so 50 quid each to Aideen and Tig Morgan, Sconce and Julie Sheridan. So they go again with 12,000 euro this time this week. Uh, my own car turn, uh, 22nd of July, so last Friday night, 10,100 jackpot, not one. Numbers were 27, 29, 30, and 32. 520 euro winners were Barbara Tully, Gary Coyne, Eileen Flanagan, Aideen Smith, and Tossie Bryan. The pair of All-Ireland final tickets went to Mary Mackin. Yeah, they didn't go to me anyway. No, no. And, and I did say, Mickey, if they, if we were pulled out, they were yours. But sadly, <laughs> we had no luck. But I think there's going to be a couple of ladies ones up for grabs this this week. So, you know, keep keep the faith. Um, 10,200 euro of a jackpot as well next Friday night. You can play it at cartoonga.com forward slash lotto. Uh, Minolte, 2,600 euro of a jackpot, not one. Uh, 
from the 24th of July, which was Sunday night. They had no match three winners, so they drew uh, five or six 20 row winners who were Keen Lynch, Porrick O'Connor, Kathleen Smith, Adrian Lynch, Mark Smith, and Deirdre Carlin. They had one special online prize receiving 50 euro, and that went to Deirdre Carlin. And uh, they'll go again on Sunday night with 2,800 of a jackpot. Castletown are next up, um, 3,500 euro, no jackpot winner from them. Uh, 7, 10, 11, and 23, the numbers. Uh, 30 euro lucky dip winners were Barbara Smith, Joanne Gaffney, Mary Flanagan, Frankie Reed, Killian Connor, and Kayla Price. I, I think they're on it every single week, the prices. I, I don't know. And it, they're always last on it as well. I don't know what the what the crack is with it, but you know, they're, they're obviously good supporters of it. Um, but they do well out of it, by the way. <laughs> well, they're, they're obviously very unlucky as well. They're always missing that one number. Too. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you could look at it that way as well. Um, Navin Matney's next in 15,000 of a jackpot, 3, 12, 16, and 17. The numbers from last week. No jackpot winner. A lot of match three winners, though. Gwyn Dowling. Cora Dunn, Michelle Nordy, Alfie and Daisy Connolly, and Nicola McMahon uh, all sharing the prize there. You can Google Clubspot Navin O'Matneys or download the rap to play their lotto. The next draw takes place tomorrow night, Tuesday. Manalvi, next in from last week, 9, 10, 23, and 25. The numbers there, no jackpot winner. 320 euro winners were Ben Mangan, Tommy Gilston, and Evelyn McGuire. They go again tonight with 1,900 of a jackpot. You can play it at manalvgfc.ie or on the Club Force app, Mickey. Very good, Davey. I have the usual two. I have one in from Jelly, uh, and it is the Simon Solato. Um, last Friday, the jackpot was not won. The lucky dip winners were Paddy Faulkner, Francis Burl, and Darren Murray. 2, 4, 16, and 70, or 2, 4, 16, and 27 were the uh, four numbers. Next week's jackpot is 2,350. You can play online or through the Club Zap app. Go to any of their social media pages and you'll find the link there as well. And then from Centralstown, their lotto is on tonight. So it might be different. I'm not sure. We don't know if it was won tonight yet, but the jackpot tonight was 1,700 euro. You can do the Centralstown lotto through smartlotto.ie or again, go to any of their social media pages and you'll get the links to the lottos there. Davey, you know, I we spoke about it at the top of the, the show, Colin O'Rourke, Stephen Bray, Barry Callaghan um, uh, being touted as the next Mead management team. Um, and we hope that that goes through no hassle tomorrow night at the meeting. Um, I'm sure we might have got a few comments on Instagram about this um, and even about the commodes and the Mead ladies coming up this weekend. We did, yeah. There was a nice mix of Instagram interactive, Mickey, this week with, with the club football on as well. Um, and uh, the first one in comes from Robert Perfield, and he said, up the pats. Uh, of course, some pats making it two from two in the Intermediate Championship over the weekend. Yeah, really good win for some pats. They beat uh, Bechtiv in uh, Slain on, uh, uh, what was it? Was it Friday night? Yeah. Um, uh, a good win for them. Bad win for me. I had tipped back to you had tipped St. Pat's just to let our listeners know. Um, but that was with no great um, confidence that I did that. But uh, I was hoping that we were seeing Bective turn a corner. Um, Pat's really good win. Next in from Shane Mulvaney, he said, is Davy in the know? Davy, are you in the know? Uh, it just depends, Mickey. From time to time I am, but I get a lot of things wrong as well, so... Um, okay. nice to nice to get something right for a change. 
Yeah, if you want to hear how our predictions went on all of the championship games, head on over to our Patreon service and you'll hear if Davey was in the know or not. I can tell you here and now he was in the know. And yeah. maybe you could take some tips from him for, for doing some bets on on the championships because he had a really good week. Uh, Shane Mangan next in and he said, Fabrizio Rispin, here we go exclusives. Oh, why? What's this, Davey? Um, I put cheekily put up a picture of Colin O'Rourke this morning on Twitter, Mickey, and it got a bit of traction. Um, and Colin then was unveiled around two or three o'clock this afternoon. Then, so Ooh, you heard a rumor, did you, mm-hmm. or did you just have a premonition last night? Bit of both, maybe. I, I he he appeared in my dream. It was like a godly figure. So um, I had to wake up this morning and tweet it. So what, yeah, what was he wearing in your dream, Davy? Actually, don't, don't answer that. Don't answer that. Don't answer that. Move on. <laughs> Nothing you haven't seen already, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing a smile. That's all that matters, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Heidi Carthy is next in, and she said, done chocolate for intermediate. Well, you know, like she's preaching to the uh, converted, I suppose, when she's saying that. Davy Rispin already has. Like, yeah, we, we do. We have them in as our firm favourites for the intermediate and the only people that could uh, beat Dunshockland in that intermediate championship, we reckon, is themselves. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Dunn said Drumcondrick beaten Kilmain and Wood with 13 men. With 13 men. That was a hell of a win, in fairness, for Drumcondrick over Kilmain and Wood, reversing their fortunes from the league and the league final. Um, And in fairness, you have to give... Huge uh, kudos to Drumcondrick to come from where they were last year, winning that Premier Reserve Division 5, was it, or Division 3? Three, yeah. Division 3. And, like, in fairness to them, they've really, you know, that really seems to have galvanised them. And they've gone on a bit of a run. And, um, you know, two two wins from two, three, is it, or two wins from two in that junior? Or three wins from three? Three wins from three. Three yeah. wins from three in the junior, like, yeah, absolutely. Well done to them. We can't take it away from them. For sure. Uh, next in comes in from uh, Neve Conway, and she says Courtown scored some goals against St Mary's. Davy, uh, tell us all about that. Yeah, we got two goals in about two minutes, making the second half. Two massive goals. Um, were you behind we, at that stage? We were level before the first no sorry we were three behind before the first goal yeah and uh the first goal put us level the second goal put us three points up and uh fairness the lads kicked on and it was there were two well sorry one of the goals was was very scrappy the first goal was a thing of beauty um but we're just delighted to get two and get it get over the line get our first championship win which one did you score? The I, I set up the first one, actually. Um, oh, right. And that's yeah. why it was a thing of beauty. Okay. It, well, no, it, I'd love to say it was, but the finish from, from Colin Kerrigan was just out of the top drawer. Absolutely incredible. I gave it to him and I thought he was just going to swing it over the bar because he's carrying a bit of a knock and he only came on. But he actually put the head down, skinned two lads, and from about 25 yards out, blasted the ball into the far corner. It was an absolutely terrific goal um, and really set us up you know, for, for the win. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so Mary's got two of their own as well, though, didn't they? They did. They got two in the so first was, half, actually. Yeah. So, so it was uh, there was plenty of goals in the game. So it was two in each half. Oh, two people got half, their money's yeah. worth at the at that game, so they did in Central. It did quality game in fairness. Yeah, really enjoyable. Um, Adam Malone reckons Kilbride will be winning the junior. Um. Well, look, they've 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 gone and they've beaten Karen Ross. Um. You know, they're 
there are definitely dark horses. You know, they've a lot to do to win it. There's a lot of good teams in that junior championship, but they will definitely be up there. They'll have a say in it, let's just say, Davy. Yeah, they will absolutely, I think. Um Sean Duggan says lucky getting lucky on Sunday. <laughs> Tell us more. I t- I don't know what the ins and outs of it, thankfully, but um I know he was um he was on tour. I think he was at the All Ireland final on Sunday and was this lucky to be working? Yeah, lucky to be working. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the work in Holland was, was paused for, for the weekend and he was up enjoying himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a I just hope it wasn't Roxy that got lucky. But oh, absolutely, yeah, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> um next it comes in from let me just see. Sorry, Deck F Dunn, and he wants to know who can be a marquee forward for Mead into the future. I think there's a number of them. Uh, in, like if he's talking into the future, we have we have a number of players that could be. You know, um, from the current panel, you'd look and you'd say like Jordy Morris can be. You could look and say from from the current championships that are being played, Aaron Lynch could be. Um, you know, look at the quality that came from the under twenty or the the two minor winning teams that are still under twenty. Lots to come out of them, the frames and stuff like that, like stand out in my head. Davey, have you any other names that come to mind? I um yeah, I, I I'd agree with you. I think Aaron Lynch, and I think he hasn't got a look in yet, but I know Colin Morocco was a huge fan of his from his time in St. Pat's, so he's gonna get his chance. And I, I would agree, I think Owen Frain has all the you know the hallmarks and capabilities to go on and be a top class player for me because to me he's the player that has played underage in recent years and seems to be converting it into club form now already. So they'd be the two I'd agree with you to, to keep your eye on for, for the next couple of years, hopefully. Yeah, cool. Hey, next one is in from Let's Go PS Tapes. And uh, he says the prawn sandwich brigade in the corporate boxes at the All-Ireland final. <laughs> we know who he's on about there, Davey, so we do. Oh yeah, the fair weather supporter in, in the in, in the covered area having his steak and chips. Did you watch any of the game? <laughs> I, I watched it all. I, I do you know what I was I thought it was a brilliant game. I really yeah, did. No, it, it was, was a fantastic yeah. game of football. Because I know I was talking to a couple of people actually who were at it and they they couldn't make out what they thought, but they said that anybody they were speaking to who watched the game on TV said it was a it was a class game. Um yeah. Just Kerry just showed their teeth in that last ten minutes. You know they, they went from strength to strength. The Galway just faded, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But it was a, it was a brilliant game, really really good. And getting to see two quality footballers like Clifford and Walsh oh, going toe to toe, you know, was was just incredible. Like you know, and all of the talk about what Galway were going to do to Clifford, I I I really do think that he's the greatest ever and will go on to be the greatest ever. He's just just a machine and he's still developing and he's still improving and he's still working like i was just listening to a few segments on what they were saying about you know even what morris fitzgerald has done with him for his free taking you know in recent years he he was maybe missing a few now he's not like he he just relishes that um but shane walsh as well i think a word for him i mean i fancied tom o'sullivan to actually get maybe even get player of the year this year 
Um, I thought he'd go on him. I think he's done a really good job on him the last couple of times they played them. Shane Walsh took him to the cleaners, nine points he finished with. He was just so good and didn't deserve to be on the losing team. But as you quite rightly say, two of the best forwards that, that we have in the game. Yeah. Um, brilliant to see. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna auto mower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control auto mower from your phone. Auto mower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised auto mower dealer on 046 955-1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coyne & Sons. If you need any more information on the Automore, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Mead. Uh, Aaron Kyo wants to know who do you think is winning intermediate? He said he's back in Ratkenny. Yeah, well, you know the girl that I have for Ratkenny and you know, it would be very interesting to see Dunshockland against Rakenny. Um, that is a game that if they do meet, uh, I'd be very interested in because of the steelness that Rakenny have. And yeah, look, um, as we say, Trim have all of the cards, you know, and they have all of the names and they, on paper, they have a team that should walk, or not walk, but win that intermediate championship. But I definitely think that Rakenny will uh, will be there or thereabouts, and it would be very hard to call between the two of them. Yeah, Tom Bowden next in. He says idea of east, west, north, and south me teams like they do in Kerry, and I think Tom mm-hmm. that that's happening. So I yeah. think he'll be, and he'll be a player. I'm sure that'll be eligible and will be putting himself forward. I'm sure for selection in that team, which Delik Bellew's time will be. And I'm just trying to think. I have seen draft of the team oh yeah just trying to think who we'll probably run through that at a later stage actually mickey just to because i know we've done the regional championship before which is good old crack but we have i think a better foresight now of what's to come yeah absolutely and we'll we'll, we'll have a look at that for sure definitely um and yeah tom Bowden, um he'd definitely be a, a, a man putting his name forward for that I normally don't, and I know you don't either, have much time for their uh, soccer on this podcast. But in fairness, Jack Walsh, it's probably his best contribution in a long time in saying Sligo Rovers' massive victory versus SPL side Motherwell. I don't know, did you see that last week, Mickey? was in the, I didn't. Uh, the European uh, qualifiers, I think the Europa League qualifiers, and they went over there, beat them 1-0. Second leg is going to be at a packed-out showgrounds this week. I think there's 5,000 expected over there in Sligo. And what what an achievement that would be if Sligo were to beat the, you know the mighty Motherwell from Scotland. Yeah, absolutely. I just remember last week um, he was asking us what was going to happen between Sh- Shamrock Rovers and Ludogorets. I did say it was three nil. Um, uh, I just said it would be Shamrock Rovers. It was Ludogorets that won three uh, nil. Um, that was a bit of tongue in cheek last week, but um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hell of a hell of an achievement by Sligo Rovers, and if they can finish off the job, that'll be um, it'll be really good. Peter Duffy, finally in to uh, wish me a happy 30th birthday. 
Yeah, well, Davey, I was going to save that to the end, but he's after going and fecking ruining that now, so I was going to sing happy Typical birthday. Typical Duffy, isn't it? Um, no, happy birthday to our our main man here, Davey Rispin. What age did you just say, Er? Nah, he, Peter Duffy called me 30, insulted oh, me, and, and oh, that okay. cut me deep now, to be honest, but... Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I look it. I know. I probably feel it as well. But I'm only twenty-seven, he, Mickey. I thought he was giving you a compliment there. You're not thirty-seven, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know you want me to get even closer to you, but I'd still be considerably <laughs> younger than you, Mickey, if I was yeah. to be. But uh, and, and yeah. commiserations as well to yourself. Um, over the weekend, I know you had a great game in the league final over in Cavan. You just come up unstuck against Templeport, a very strong Templeport as well, who um will have a say in intermediate. So bodes well for championship, Mick. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. And a uh, big shout out to the Cavan man, uh, James Rudden, um, who spends a lot of time in Ballinabracky, um, and met us at the dinner dance, and he was playing at wing back and had another great game. He's a, a great guy. And uh, he spends a lot of time down here and listens to the podcast as well. So um, shout out to him and well done to Temple Board on their victory. So, um, yeah, no, as you said, they're an intermediate team and uh, like will be contesting an intermediate. They'll be they'll be in the knockout stages, definitely. So we put up a good show. We were lucky to lose by two points. We probably um, uh, it's one that got away. Let's just say we had three goal chances and we didn't take them. None of them. Were me, by the way, just in case you were going to say it. <laughs> I, don't miss goal, I don't miss goal chances <laughs> because I don't get them. <laughs> Neither do I, to be fair. Um, do you know what? No Instagram, no more Instagram. I just want one to say one more thing, and uh, that's a huge congratulations to our very kind sponsor of the Blackwater Inn player and top scorer of the weeks, uh, Mr. George Plunkett, who had a terrific win in the darts, the, the Kells Darts League. On Friday night over um, Muldoon's Bar for Danny's, uh, the Blackwater won out 4 1 or 4 2, possibly on the night. Packed crowd in the Blackwater in for it. Brilliant. Uh, we were in after our game, you know, screens up live darts, and uh, George was in terrific form. The cup was doing the rounds after it, and um, he was in flying form. So I was talking to Trisha after, and then she was saying that, you know, we'll have to be giving a special little segment to it on the podcast this week. So massive congratulations to George and Trisha there on the win in the Black. Absolutely, yeah, and like he puts on some show, to Davey, doesn't he? Yeah, like he really goes yeah. to town, and when he's got something like that on, he really does push out the boat, and um, that bodes well for our end of year, our end of season. Uh, we are mid team of the year announcement that we will be announcing in the pub. Uh, we're going to have a, a big shindig over there in the um, Blackwater Inn in Kells. Thanks to Patricia and to George for sponsoring uh, the top scorer of the week and the player of the week and sponsoring that night where we will be having our, the We Are Mead Awards and announcing the, the team of the year. Stay tuned to our podcast and to our social media. We will be um, announcing the date of that as soon as possible. Once we get closer to the end of the championship and we know what way things are going, we are going to um, announce the date for that. But it will be um, uh, free to enter on the night. Uh, we'll have all the nominees for each position. There'll probably be three nominations for each position. Uh, goalkeeper right through to number 15 for the team, the We Are Mead Team of the Year for 2022. It's just a little add-on to the Player of the Week, the Top Scorer of the Week, and the Team of the Week that we do. And it's going to be a night that everybody can come 
and uh, celebrate our club footballers throughout the county. And again, huge thanks to George and Patricia Plunkett in the Blackwater Inn. Davy, I'm really excited about that night uh, that we're going to have down in um, in the Blackwater Inn. And as well as that, we will be incorporating uh, a charity into the night as well. It's not about uh, anybody trying to make money. This is about uh, celebrating the players and obviously doing a little bit for charity at the same time. Yeah, ticks ticks every box, doesn't it? And uh, I suppose getting back to it, like it's to it's to really honour the club players at the end of the day, you know. And it's a great opportunity doing that. Some players have had the benefit of a couple of getting themselves in a couple of rounds early before kind of senior kicks in. There's teams still in the intermediate championship who haven't started their campaign, and there's other teams who have won four in the quarterfinals. So, um, should be fascinating to see how it plays out over the next couple of weeks. But uh, do stay tuned for our. Second team of the week from 2022 club championships dropping this week as well. Mickey, be interested to see if anybody manages to retain their place in our team um, from last week. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, again, as Davey said, we'd be announcing that on our Loyal Royals podcast later in the week. We have a whole host of uh, Loyal Royals podcast coming up. We have the Mead Ladies preview and interviews um, from their media night last Friday. We have the Junior A, Junior B and intermediate reviews. And of course, as we said, that we are Mead, Blackwater in, uh, Team of the Week, Player of the Week and Top Scorer of the Week to be announced later in the week. Probably Friday by the time we get reading through every single um, uh, report and get talking to all of the relevant relevant people who were at the games as well. So just give us a bit of time on that one, but do stay tuned. And please do, at the end of the year, come and support the night. It's going to be about our club players, and it's going to be about uh, uh, the charity as well that we will have involved on the night. So look, that's it from this episode of your We Are Meat podcast. Remember, We Are Meat, why matters more.